Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why? Why don't we give Jesus a hand of praise? Come on. Welcome home. Tell the person next to you, welcome home. Welcome home. It is good to be in the house of God. I am very excited today uh, because we have a lot to cover, but I don't want to go over time. I told Eoni, today I'm only going to preach 30 minutes. We're going to pray 10, and then we're going to go eat tacos. Uh, And so, (laughs) are you guys excited about the tacos or the short message? I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, but anyway, I, I know that uh, there's a lot, a lot of people that have come here tonight. It's called Formation Fridays. And sometimes we don't know. We don't know. We think we're coming to a church service. But this is not a church service. This is Formation Fridays. What does that mean? That we believe that Fridays is the day where most people's lives get deformed. Right? Is where most mistakes happen on Friday night. Most uh, people end up having nasty headaches on Saturday morning. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people end up having right, a lot of sad stories and stories they, they say they don't really remember, but they remember. You know, they actually do remember. Like, you know, there's a lot of things, man, that happen Friday night, and they just deform their future. You know, but uh, we're making a stand. These Fridays are super exciting. Uh, the, the, it's grown without us doing much but being formed. You know, and I believe God's doing something amazing tonight. And I want to I wanna share with you something beautiful. It's today's devotional. And what was the devotional today? What's the chapter we read? All right. Raise your hand if you've been reading the Bible this week. If you've been doing your devotionals, wave it. Woo! That's a Bible reading church. That's something amazing. That keeps you from being religious. A lot of people that just, you know, they, they go to church, but they don't really know the Word of God. And they, are, they become religious. And religious people don't necessarily have to have a big Bible and say, Amen, brother, hey, brother. You know, they don't have to. Religious people are simply people that do the things that they think come from the Lord and they just don't even know why they're doing them. It's not their conviction. It's just the law. It's this legality. You know, it's just the way things should be. Like one time, you know, I went to a... um, a celebration. I'm not going to call it a party because some people are going to get ideas over here. It was a party. Fine. I was in high school. And so, and they're like, like uh, it was a kickback. All right. <laughs> I mean, a kickback is just a lame party. That's, that's like the translation, right? It's not really a party. It's a kickback. You know? Is it true or not? You know, you guys don't have kickbacks? You guys are all have awesome Instagram parties or what? Right? Uh, I know that one time this guy was like, well, you know, uh, why, you're not drinking while your religion doesn't let you. I was like, my religion lets me do anything I want. My religion doesn't stop me from doing anything I want. I just don't want to be like you. Uh, and honestly, it was honestly my response that time. And he was like, trying to be, he was trying to be a wise guy with me. So I was like, trying to be a wise guy? You know, I think sometimes we need to be about our faith uh, a little more strong and sturdy. Sometimes we're so soft, we're scared of people. We're scared of, like, people saying, like, you know, almost like, like you should be embarrassed. It's almost like, you know, and it's not the way things should be at all. To the contrary, you should be really excited and proud to know Jesus Christ. Um, one time I was walking with this, this my, my first girlfriend. I said, boo. 
and I was walking down the street, and there was a girl that I used to like, and I don't know if I still liked her, and we're walking down the road, and they, listen, 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 I was in high school, kick back. And so we're walking down the road, and she crossed the road, and I knew she was coming, and I was holding this girl's hand, and I let go of, I let go of her hand. Hey, before you judge me, before you judge me, <laughs> calm down. All right, I wasn't even, like, saved, you know? Uh, and so... And imagine, you know, this girl knew exactly what I was doing. She's, I mean, I try to act like I was trying to scratch my face, look at the time and have a watch. You know what I mean? It's just lame. And I think people do that with Jesus, though. Come on. You do that exactly with God, right? Is it true or not? Yeah, you really want to praise God, and then, you know, you're with your homies, your friends, and then all of a sudden, there goes your religion, right? All of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, what do you do Friday night? You know, this thing, I go with my girlfriend somewhere. Come on, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's Christ. It's Jesus. And I think sometimes our lives don't match up to the Savior that we have because we don't know who he really is. And I, I, I could think of this one specific time. Um, you know, this, this, uh, one of my friends, he was talking so much smack to this one guy. It was a lot, a lot of smack until he, uh, uh, he, we realized who he was talking to. Uh, and this guy was like crazy. He's just one of those guys you don't want to mess with. Uh, and one of the guys said, man, you don't want to mess with that guy. And his, cha- his tone of voice changed. He all of a sudden started talking a little nicer, not so froggy. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay, this guy, this, he just found out who he was talking to. Sometimes we do the same. We know we, we treat God, we treat Jesus as if he was an option. And uh, he's not an option. He is not an option. He is Jesus. Uh, and Jesus is not just something you can grab and take and here and there. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't get to do that with Jesus. I mean, you wouldn't get to do that with your wife, with your husband, with your girlfriend. Or if you have a self-respecting girlfriend, she'd dump you in a minute. Well, we expect Jesus to, to act like a low self-esteem ex-girlfriend. And that's just not the way Jesus is. Can I be honest with you guys? Formation Fridays, are you still good here today? Okay, this, this got too real really quick. But today's message is very, very simple. Uh, it's, uh, we have the slides. I'm going to try to stick to it. Ready, say, hike. Uh, all right, so Christ is enough. Christ is enough. Christ is more than enough. Christ is enough. Um, I want to share with you a, a few attributes of God. As I was reading Colossians, uh, this particular chapter was incredible, chapter 1. And it reveals at least six powerful attributes of Jesus Christ. I might... My intention for sharing with you the Word of God today is not to fill a gap. It's not to fill time. I mean, tonight you're busy. I'm busy. We got things to do. We got family, you know, places to be, people to see, right? But we're here because we desperately need to know Jesus Christ. We sometimes disrespect the King because we don't know we're standing in front of Him, you know? Uh, It's almost like, uh, I don't know if you guys saw that movie Black Hawk Down. Know anybody? And uh, it won't be relevant because I'm too old. Anyway, so what's the new? It won't work. Anyway, this guy's talking to Mac about his superior, you know. And he's like really making fun of him. And all the guys are laughing. All of a sudden, they stop laughing but keeps making fun of him. And the superior is standing right behind him. You know, and he's like, he turns around and he's just like, and the superior grabs him by the neck. And it was just a great, great movie. If you guys, I'm not advertising it, but you should watch it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and anyway, so, so it really is one of the greatest movies of all time. But this guy, this guy didn't know that his superior was right there, right behind him. I think the first thing that we need to know about Jesus Christ is that he is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God. Close your eyes with me for a second. 
Dear God, I thank you because you're here. I thank you because you're working in our lives. Some people should be dead. They shouldn't be here tonight. Some people should not be here tonight simply on merit. But it's your grace, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. I ask you, Jesus, that today, Holy Spirit, move right now. Please, 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 God, take away any calloused hearts. Remove, God, the excess. Remove the, the hardened areas of our lives, God. Let us be sensitive to you, please. Today I ask you that we would get to know you more so that we could fall in love with you more. So that we can honor you more and that we may be able to live lives that truly, truly give you glory. I thank you, Jesus, because of all you've done so far. If you do nothing else, it's more than enough. You are more than enough. We just ask you that you do something today. And that is that every man and every woman here today, they would get a little bit closer to you. That they would know you a little bit more. So that tomorrow, God, they can show the world who Jesus is. In your name we pray. Amen. The invisible God. He's the image of the invisible God. If it were not for Jesus, you and I would not know God. How could you show me a picture of an invisible person? You can't. Hey, how does he look? Uh, he's invisible. But how do I see him? You can't. He's the ambassador. He's the embodiment. He is the representative of the Almighty God. When Jesus came to this world, he didn't only come to hang out. He came for a specific purpose. And that is my purpose and that is your purpose as well. Our purpose on earth is not, I'm sorry to tell you this, it's not to make money. It's not to have a house. It is not to have 2.5 kids and four cars, you know, sitting in the driveway. Our <laughs> uh, what was that? Our purpose is not, is not to just be, uh, you know, get the American dream. Did you know that in the Bible, according to the scripture, go to verse 15 with me, uh, 1 Corinthians 15a. Anybody have it right there and then? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris, you want to read it real quick? 1 Corinthians 15a. He is the image of the invisible God. By the way, these are not things I'm just making up. This is all in the scripture. He is the image of the invisible God. I can tell you this. I may not know... Um, let's say, uh, I don't know all your parents. I know most of your parents. But I know a lot about your parents by getting to know you. I know a lot about your family by getting to know you. You may not know me personally, but if you know the leadership in this church, then you know a lot about the pastor, right? You may not know, I don't know, uh, you know, the, the, how do I say this, the, you know, the, the boss, the head honcho of your job. But you know the directors, you know the, the managers, and you know the organization that way. Sometimes people want to know God, but they don't go the right way about it. They want to know God, and they don't understand that the Lord, He chose His child, His Son, to reveal His character, to reveal Himself. It's not just an image as in seen, it's also a, a revelation of who He is. You can see things, but to have revelation is something completely different. Somebody said that to know uh, uh, the history, no, to know where God has been, uh, that, that is to understand the Lord, to, to know the history of him, right? Tommy Tenney was, and he said, but, but to have revelation of God is, where God is where God is going, is where God will be. Now, you could know where God was, but you know where God is going. If you know Jesus Christ, you know his purpose, you know where he's going. When I, when I was reading this passage, I thought of something pretty... Um, I guess pretty simple, but it really helped me understand. 
I translated for a president in Colombia one time, and it was pretty cool, right? His name is President Santos. Now, that guy started off really well in his career, really, really well. When I translated for him, he wasn't a president yet. He was still a senator. Now, listen, I'm standing in front of, in, behind this guy, and, and to be very honest with you, um, nobody knew that he was going to be the president yet. It, it wasn't, I mean, maybe Uribe was the current one. But I remember the way he was treated. He was treated with some sort of honor and respect. But then Uribe came into the scene who was the actual president. Man, it was crazy. The honor that he got. People stood up. Everybody cheered. It was amazing. This other guy didn't get so much recognition. Until they realized, oh my goodness, he is the president. Jesus Christ is and will always be the most important person you and I could ever meet. There's no more important person. I'm going to ask you a few questions. A few people here. Who is the most important person you have ever met? Somebody, somebody share with me. Uh, Ricky, who's the most important person? All <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say your wife. What the heck? All right. Who's the most important person you've ever met? Who is the most important person? Who? Who? Your wife. Good job. Good job, Frank. Learning quick. Who's the most important person? I mean, you're in church. Come on. You guys can talk. It's all right. Who's the most important person? Pastor Caesar, definitely. All right, it's good, it's good. Okay, okay, let's, let's see. Who's, if I pull up your Instagram, I'll be able to see, right? It's like, oh my gosh, I saw him in the airport. You know, Jay-Z from far away, woo. Right, it wasn't even Jay-Z. It was, it was some guy with like two legs. All right, who, who was that? Uh, go ahead. Paul Walker, that's pretty awesome. Right, how'd you meet Paul Walker? Ah, there you go, at the airport. You're like, <laughs> the guy is on the background. Kevin, who? Who? Did you say your mom? Oh, talk to the hand. All right, Pastor Regina, you mean, right? From Nugent. Yeah, of course. Who's the most important person you've met? Asia. Oh, Asia, is that what you just said? Oh, 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 I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm playing. Asia, who's the most important person you ever met? Who? Your mama? Oh, Obama. Yo, mama, that's all right, fine. Your mama, look, I said your mom, you too. You know, this church is going crazy tonight. Obama, that's pretty darn important. The president, of course. Woo! Come on. Anybody, anybody can beat the president here? You met, you met, anybody? <laughs> Who? The president of Mexico, that's pretty good. If you're Mexican, that's pretty good, right? If you're not Mexican, it's like, oh, I met the president of, you know, I don't know. You know, Okinawa, whatever, you know, <laughs> it's not even how a president is, it's Japan. All right, anyway, so uh, anybody here, uh, somebody else, one more. Cuauhtémoc Blanco, that's a pretty good soccer player, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all right, here, all right, all right, how about you, uh, the bearded man? All right, who's the, who? Owen Wilson, ooh, nice, nice, the crooked nose, got him. All right, great. All of us here, all of us here, right, have different ways of reacting when we meet important people, right? Because our level, we, 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 we know they're distinguished people. These are people that you don't, you don't treat lightly. You know, when you, went to, when you met Obama, that's pretty awesome, Asia. You know, when President Obama, he was like, what's up, y'all? You know, like, good game, good game. You know, I'm like, whoa, you know, I mean, you got to treat the man with respect. He commands respect, right? Honor. I don't know... If we understand this, but do you know who Jesus is? Like, really, do you know who Jesus is? Do you know the amount of honor we ought to address him with? And I'm not saying fear. I'm saying honor, love, desire, respect. Usher his presence in.
Like when you're here and, and, and you come to church, sometimes we, I'm not saying that, that we should change the way we dress or we should change the way we talk. I'm saying respect, honor the king. He's Jesus. He's not an option. He's not just some guy. You see, in many other religions, they don't really know Jesus, so they have an excuse to disrespect him. You know, in Islam, he's just another prophet, lower than Muhammad, right? I don't know, for, you know, for Jehovah Witness, the, it's a sect. You know, these guys don't believe that Jesus is the Lord. They, they treat him as, yeah, he's born of him. He's one of the gods and, you know, born with, but, but he's not God. Jesus Christ is the revealed, listen to this, okay? He is the way that you can know the whole being of God. Without him, we're, we're cut off. He's the bridge. He's the one that, 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 he's not only the bridge, he's the path. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Does that make sense? Jesus is that. Second thing that we find here, and I think it's amazing, and it talks about the firstborn of, 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 of all creation. Now, some people hang on to this to say, see, he's a created being. No, Jesus is not a created being. Jesus is not a created being. I'm going to repeat that over and over because it repeats it in Colossians chapter 1. But people grab onto this to think that Jesus is just another angel or another, you know, uh, because he's the firstborn. That, that means that he, he, God created him. Firstborn doesn't just mean, especially in the culture that this was written in, it doesn't mean that he was born and he was the first one that was birthed out of the mother of someone. A firstborn is the one who has the authority. The one who carries the, the, the double blessing, so to speak. Did you know that if you read the Bible, you know that the firstborn, who is the firstborn here? Raise your hand if you're a firstborn in your own house. Or oh, the older people, right? That means that you guys would have the most authority in your house. That means you, listen, if you were in these times, the biblical times, it means that you got double the inheritance. So, so yeah, yeah, right? So whatever your mama give you guy, gave you guys, then that means that you get double the inheritance as all the other ones. It means that you get to eat first, right after your dad, right after your mom, then you're the one that gets to eat first. And whatever you don't finish, then your brothers can have. Hey. All right? That, it really, that's, it, someone's like, I like that, Pastor. Keep preaching, preaching. Right? Like, you really like that part. But, but that's the firstborn. It means that you have this, this, this authority uh, that no one can take from you. It's a beautiful thing that Jesus is, is, is the one who has the most authority. Here's the thing. Some people think that Jesus is an option, but he's not an option. He is the firstborn. There's no one greater, no one, no one better. There's no one that competes with them, no one that can even come close to matching. Does that make sense? He is Jesus. And so when we think of Jesus, we think of church, and that's just lowering him to an organization. We can't do that. Uh, we, we, we organize to try to get to know him more and to really help each other out. And really, this is the body. But Jesus is bigger than an organization. Man, Jesus, this, I mean, this may be his toe. <laughs> Maybe a toenail. You know what I mean? Like, this may be a part. <laughs> this is not everything. You know, a lot of people get let down by the church and they blame Jesus. And I think, like, how, how much does that suck? It's kind of like one time, you know, I don't know, you could be driving on the road and, and a Mexican cuts you off and now you hate the pastor all of a sudden because he's from Mexico. It's like, what the heck? And the same thing could happen. It's like saying, yeah, you know, I went to church and the leader did this to me and now I don't, I don't believe in God anymore. It's like, how, how does that even connect? Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, how does that even match? Like, yeah, because we don't understand that Jesus is the firstborn of all creation. That he was here before church was ever even organized. He was here 
And therefore, we're here. If he was not here, we would not exist at all. He is Jesus. Now check this out. Number three, Jesus is the creator God. Creator God. Read verse 16 and 17, somebody please. 16 and 17. This is going to blow your mind. I love it. 16 and 17 of first Col uh, Colossians, I mean. Colossians 1. Oh. Okay, so Jesus, listen to this, okay, was created or not created? He was definitely not created because he was before all things. So how could he be created if he was before all things? This is where the word of God gets really amazing, you guys. Sometimes the devil tells you a bunch of lies and he uses the Bible and so people get confused. And you could have a conversation with somebody and you start believing the dumbest things, a bunch of lies, because you don't understand simple truths about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was not created. Jesus Christ is creator. It says that all things were created for him and by him. Like everything here is for him. Get a, get, a, get a hold of that for just a second. Everything is for him. And everything that is not operating for his glory is out of order. Everything that is, listen, somebody told me one day that to misuse something is to abuse it. Meaning when you don't use something for its original purpose, like a phone, if you start using it for a hammer, that's called abuse, right? That your life is being abused if it's not being used for the right purpose, for the purpose that it was designed for. The Bible says that you have been created for him and by him. Now, he's not an option. Jesus is not an option. He stands above it all. Jesus is not an option. Let me repeat this again and again. So that if you live with nothing else, you live at least with this. He's not an option. You don't get to, to say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. You get the grace that he's bestowed on you. He gives to you to say, Lord, I want to know you. Does that make sense? It's, it's not like you could just... I'm sorry to say it like that. I, I don't want to sound rude. I do a little bit sometimes. Because some people are falling asleep. No, I'm just kidding. Not today. Not today. Right? I know, I know that the Lord, Jesus Christ, deserves everything. You know why? Because he created everything. If you ever thought, you know what? Why should I? Oh, because he created you. That's a good enough reason. Well, I don't feel like, I know, I know, but he created you, bro. Yeah, well, I don't agree. I know, I know. You may have a better way of running the universe, but you don't have a universe. Does that make sense? Like, well, I would have done it like this. Okay, we would have been, we would have been wrecked. We would have been wrecked if you were God. It would suck if you were God. I would suck. A bit. Man, it would be horrible. Yet we think we're so high and lofty and mighty. And God is creator, isn't he? Now, check this out. All things were created for him. What does it mean that everything's created for him? What about your job? Yeah? Okay, what about your relationships? Oh, this just got real. Okay, so I get married so that I can please God. Glorify the Lord. Glorify God. I went up to my pastor. I said, Pastor, give me some words. I'm about to get married. Pastor Caesar. And he's like, I thought he was going to tell me, you know, you don't get married to be happy. Get married to make her happy. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to get that one right. You know, but my pastor said, nope, you don't get married to, get happy, to be happy. And I was like, oh, no. You don't get married to make her happy either. I said, okay. 
<laughs> I got you, I got you. And he said, uh, he said, you get married to raise a generation for God. And I was like, okay, okay, that. He just took it to a whole nother level because I can't raise a generation for God with an unhappy wife. It doesn't, have, it doesn't work. I cannot raise a, gen raise a generation for God when we're at each other's throats, not working together. Does that make sense? To raise a generation for God, it really does mean, Lord, it's all yours. These kids are not mine. As much as I love them and as much as, you know, I, they're not mine. Now listen, future parents, and if you're a parent here, this is the key. And I'm telling you, the key of not having brats that everybody hates. That's, I'm in, I'm I met some PKs, some pastor's kids that people don't want to talk to. They're like, oh, as a pastor's kid, I know. Because he thinks he's like Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, it's true. It's true. Or, or maybe, maybe your mom told you that you were the center of the universe. Not with your words, not with her words, but with her actions. She led you to believe that you're the reason why someone should live. That's just a bunch of garbage. That's a lie. Your mama lied to you. You're not the reason why somebody should live. I'm telling you this, as, as romantic as that may sound, today is Formation Friday, so we're going to break that mold really quick. No one here is the reason why you should live. I know, it's, I know there's songs written about it, but there's no reason why you should live for a person here. Oh, man, this is, some people are going to really get mad. I know. Romantic people right now are going to get really mad at me, man. I can't live without. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Man, the moment you, the moment you tell somebody, give God a shout of praise, why not? The moment you say to somebody, I can't live without you, listen, you must not know Jesus. I mean that 100%. If somebody tells you, I can't live without you, run for the hills. Just run. They don't, they're not saved. They don't have the right theology. They're, they're wrong. Wrong. I can. I would rather not, but I can. Amen? Look, my dad passed away when he was 27 years old. My mom was madly in love with him, and she had three kids. One was two months old, myself, my brother two years old, and my sister three years old. Guess what? She made it. Guess what? Her children serve God. Guess what? She's still alive, and she still serves the Lord. Can I tell you this? You can make it. Not only can you make it, you can glorify God while you're making it. Come on, give God a shout of praise. You and I were created for him. This is amazing. This is so delivering. To understand, I can spend literally an entire week just preaching on this. You know why? Because when you have a job and somebody lets you go on your job and you realize, hey, I'm not created for that. I'm created for him. You know how beautiful it is to have the freedom to tell somebody, look, I know you don't like the way I am. I know you're not appreciating who I am. It's okay. I can let you go. Hey, I'm not created for you. Now, it doesn't mean there's not somebody else for you, but I'm not for you. I'm for God. And if I am for God, whew, does that make sense? Then he knows what I need. He knows, he knows me. You know, tell somebody you're created for God. For God and by God. Now, if you're created for God and you're created by God, what this means is this. Is that you're created for him and he designed you so well. That you would fulfill him. That you would actually bring him joy. He wouldn't design something that would be, uh, how do I say this, less than satisfactory. Right? When I, when I work on something, only knows this. I'm, I'm kind of a perfectionist in some things. I, I wish I could say in everything, but my life doesn't show it. Like, it's true. My body's not, look, 
not perfectionist. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not there yet. You know what I mean? I mean, but, but, but if we were perfectionists, then there'd be perfection, right? But we're perfectionists, uh, selective perfectionists, right? And so when I do something, when I do something, I do it to my liking, okay? So I restored this old car. Uh, it's called the Fury 1971 Plymouth Fury. I love that car. I t I'm not playing with you. I'm serious. I'm serious. I would 10 times rather drive that car than any other car well, I don't know about that. But yeah, I have most other cars out there. You know, anything above 150000 maybe I'll do a little switch. You know what I mean? Oh, or I'll take the car and I'll sell it and buy like five Furies and just restore them all and drive them all day, all week. You know, I, I love that car. But when I was working on this car, I made it to my liking. The inside, I chose it. I chose the colors. I chose, I did, I restored every little detail. You know, the, the, the console, I did it with black and silver. I made sure it was nice. You know, I, I got a long way to go, but, but I did it to my liking. You know, when I chose a carburetor, I chose a four-barrel, not a two-barrel. I could have saved some gas, but I did it to my liking. Does that make sense? When I chose the exhaust system, I said, nah, I want a little more. You know, not too much where it's annoying and it's like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. It's not that fast. You know, it's and you're like, anybody seen that before? Yeah. If you're driving that, just don't, don't wave right now. Don't, don't say, you know, but I don't want that. So I did it to my liking, you know, the steering wheel, you know, it's to my liking. It's ugly. It's, it's to my liking. I like it. You know, God made you to his liking. Oh, come on, man. God made you when he sees you. He's like, mm, mm, mm. Mm, that's my kid. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, 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 that's my creation. And yet the enemy constantly tells you, oh, you don't belong. You, you're not good enough, not pretty enough, not smart enough. I think if we readjust our mindset and remember who created you and for who were you created. You know, I'll never be good enough for someone who didn't take the time to know me to make me? Does that make sense to form me? To die for me? I'll never be good enough for somebody who doesn't even know what I'm about. Somebody, please, please get this through your heart. God created you for himself. It's so beautiful. He's not being this, this possessive being. Nah. He created you for him. He created you. He created you for him. And yet... He still gives you this crazy wild choice that if I was God, I would not give you. But he's smarter than me. And he gives you something called free will. And that will, man, Billy, I'll tell you what. <laughs> will sometimes walks away from God, turns his back on God. Maybe you're here today. You're like, oh, man, I thought you said 30 minutes. We already have 25 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, guys, your free will Here's the most beautiful thing. God created it too. God gave you free will. He could have, he could have taken that chip out and said, nah, no, let's take that one out. Let's make him a little nicer. All right? Nope. He said, no, I'm going to give you free will too. So that in your rebellion, listen to this, God may still be glorified. Man, this is awesome. I'm telling you, when, I, when the word of God speaks, that even in your sin, that God could say, I'm going to manifest my mercy in your sin. It says there that God created even principalities. You know what principalities are? Ephesians chapter 6 speaks of these principalities, demonic beings. Now you're saying, okay, pastor, I thought principalities just, no, 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 no. Listen, the wording is precise, and it's over and over in the scripture. 
hosts and principalities. There's this, God even created those things. For what? I heard, I heard a sermon, I think it was Jensen Franklin, he was talking about in New Zealand, that 60% of the birds can't fly. 60% of the birds cannot fly in New Zealand. They got like tiny little stubby wings, and they just don't fly, like the dodo bird. And all that. Like, they got this tiny little bird. But, and, and he was explaining how the reason is because in this, this island of New Zealand, there's, there's no predators. The predator count is so low. And so these birds never had to develop the ability to fly. You know, even the opposition, come on. Man, even the opposition, even the hard times of your life, even the difficult parts of your life, your struggle is getting you to get to a place to where God says, yep, I made that guy. See those wings? I made that guy. Amen? Hey, I made that girl that way. Does that make sense? That, that even in your opposition, you could say, God, how do we give you glory through this? Look, I've, I've seen people. I've seen people go through the dumps. And in the dumps, they're praising Jesus. You know what it does to the rest of us? Shuts our mouth. Anybody ever been there? Oh, I don't feel so good. I remember one time. One time, man, one time. Now I'm telling you, one time I went to choir. I was in choir. Okay, I was in choir, inquiring. Just kidding. No, I was in choir, and, uh, and, and I was, I was going to go sing, and we were in this, this Baptist choir, and, uh, and look, this, is, this is no joke. I would show up. And, uh, and, and I thought I could sing back then, you know, because the old ladies would tell me that. And they'd even give me dollars when I would sing. It was beautiful. And so uh, I was a professional. That's literally what a professional is. You get paid to sing. So I was a professional singer. <laughs> Woo! Uh, and so, so there's one time I remember thinking, man, I'm so tired. I don't want to be here anymore. Like, you know, uh, oh, man, I got school and da, da, da. And I, I got a little tummy ache. You know, I didn't want to sing. I was acting like a prima donna because I had my little piece in the choir. And this lady, I'll never forget her, man. She, this lady had like stage four cancer, okay? She, she walks up there and just, like, like if she's healthy, like 100%, and she sings and she's happy and she's, she's she just, I just want to give God, a, you know, I want to give you guys a testimony, you know, today in the hospital, hermanos, you know, today in the hospital, you know, this lady that was, you know, doing this, this tests on me, she gave her life to Jesus, she was, she was a nurse, I just want to sing, I want to dedicate this choir time to glorify God, I don't want to just practice, can we just not practice, can we just glorify God, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at this lady like, damn, all of a sudden my tummy ache left, I felt stronger, I'm like, what's wrong with me, you know what I mean, like, you know, do you know what I'm saying? You know what she did? Created for him and by him. Does your life look like made in heaven or made in China? <laughs> you know, like, it's like something's wrong. I know it should be working a little better. By the way, China's stepping it up, man. They're doing a lot better production. I'm just telling you guys, is your life look, really look like it's been crafted by the master? Come on, guys. We know, we know the answers. We just play dumb sometimes. That's why God gave you leaders. Because you're dumb. That's it. That's the point. There's no other thing to it. It's a fact. If you were smarter, you would need somebody to repeat to, you, repeat to you what you already know. Somebody please give Jesus a shout of praise for that. We know. We know. We know. You know, the best counseling sessions we had, the best counseling sessions we had has been like this. Pastor, I really need to talk to you. And the best ones are where they talk for 45 minutes. And I eat coffee. Nah, I drink 
whatever I'm drinking, not coffee, milk and Krispy Kreme or something, you know, and, and, and we just sit there and we, and then all of a sudden we say like five words, but then they talked and they get up and feel like, man, this, thank you so much. I really needed that. I'm like, this is awesome. They didn't say a word. You know what the person did? Just heard themselves speak the answers that God put in their hearts already. Isn't it amazing how God already has answers in your heart because he created you, because he made you. He didn't leave you broken. Hey, when God created you, he didn't, hey, oh, we're missing, oh, man, we're missing a part here. No, he created with everything possible, everything available to glorify his name. Everything that you needed to give God glory in your life, it's there already. There's no excuse. Well, you don't know my upbringing. I know. Just more reason to glory God, glorify God. Well, I don't, I don't have the testimony you have. I remember I used to think I didn't have a testimony because I wasn't in drugs. I'm not playing. I was like, well, I don't have a testimony because I'm not a drug addict. I've never killed anybody. I mean, should I kill somebody? You know what I mean? Like, how do I have a testimony? Because I would hear all these guys. I remember this guy came to our church. It was wild, man. It was like his head had, half of his head had gotten blown off. It was like, you guys remember that guy in New Generation? We invited him one time. I even had to stop him because his testimony got really wild. Like wild where I was like, oh, okay, give me the microphone. You know, kids are getting scared because it's talking about all the evil in the world and the things he used to do and carve names on people's bodies. I was like, dang. I was like, so I went and took the mic. And I was, you know, I don't have a testimony. Maybe you do have a testimony. Maybe that's your testimony. Praise God for that. Maybe your testimony is that you've been taken care of. Like that maybe you could have been in that gutter, but the Lord kept you out of it. Or maybe you did go through the gutter time. Man, hey, praise God for that too. I think today's an amazing night. I'm not a poet, but I want to read to you a poem from Billy Sunday, one of my favorite preachers of all time. Now, with that name, Billy Sunday, it sounds already famous, doesn't it? It's Billy Sunday. But if you ever get a hold of Billy Sunday's sermons, it'll bless your life. Here's what I want to do. Today, I wanted to make it a little bit different because I think every single night, you know, in Friday, it's been beautiful. It's been amazing. In a few weeks, um, we're going to be in Whittier. We're not going to have Friday night. This next one, we will, but which day is it? The 15th, all right? The 15th, we're going to be in Whittier. It's 30, 35 bucks. If you can't pay, if you can't, I mean, don't worry about it. Uh, don't go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, honestly, I wish we could pay for everybody, but but try to show up. It's all formation. It's really about just how to make disciples. And so we decided to go over there. But I believe that God wanted to do something today so beautiful. He wanted to be the center of your life again. He wanted to be important in your life again. Have you ever felt like you're less important than you should be in somebody's life? And I don't mean like, like when you're feeling angry. or But you feel like, I know... Hey, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know that, that, that you're not valuing all that I've done for you. Now, because you're kind, you're not going to throw it in their face. But you wish somebody would recognize it. I'm not talking about that, wanting to get glory for everything. I'm talking about, you know, you did something and you've done something through the years, but you're still treated like you've never done it. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe you're this person in your house, you're the one who... Helps your brothers and your sisters. And it's just assumed you're supposed to. Right? It, it, it's, praise God that you do it. Honestly. It's a beautiful thing. But there's a time where you have to stop and say, Lord, have I been 
undermining you? Have I been treating you like less than the Lord? Are you, are you still my king? In my devotionals, the men know that I don't refer to him as just my buddy. He's my king. He's my Lord. And I bless him as my king. I honor him as my king. I want him always, always to be the majesty in my life. Because the moment I stop recognizing him as Lord of my life, I lose something so beautiful, so precious. When you lose the lordship of God, you think, because you're living this, this twisted world, that you think that you're, you're gaining freedom. You're not gaining freedom. In reality, you're losing something so beautiful. You're trading masters. And the master you're going for, I promise you, will never be as kind, as good, as loving, as beautiful, as humble, as tender, as kind, as patient. Oh, man. True freedom only exists in Jesus Christ. There is no freedom other than in Jesus Christ. The sin that you've been living in, the sin that you think is freedom, is not freedom. You're a slave to it. And if today you're enslaved by sin, it's an amazing night to say, Lord, I don't want Satan to be my Lord anymore. I don't want the, the world to be lording over my life. I don't want that person to be my Lord. Because I'm not meant to live for her. I'm not meant to live for him. I'm meant to live for the only one that deserves it. Because he made me. If you've been enslaved in sin, you're not made for that. You're not made for pornography. You're not made for drug addiction. You're not made. Hey, listen. Some people are really addicted to approval. You're not made so people can like you. You're made hmm, to be Christ-like and to show the world who Jesus is, to glorify his name. You're not made for so many other things. Man, be free. Tonight, be free in the name of Jesus. Be free. I mean that. Be free right now. And be free from the, from the pressures of man. I remember the moment I got set free. From what my friends thought about me. And all of a sudden, instead of me chasing after them, I promise you, one by one, they knew where to find help. After prison, one of my buddies calls me after six years in prison. I was praying for him that exact same night. Eoni and I, we just felt like praying for him. Out of nowhere. I mean, it's been years since we see him or hear of him. I didn't even know he was in prison. Out of nowhere. I mean, we start praying for him. And, and guess who calls that very moment? Eoni is here as my witness. Hey, what up? Who's this? Anthony. Who? Anthony. I said, Anthony? Yeah, man, I just got out. You know, I just got out. Been in there for a long time. I said, yeah, man. We were just praying for you. Nah. Yeah, we were literally right now. Eoni and I were just praying for you. He breaks down on the phone and says, man, you're the first person I call as soon as I got out. I need to go to that revival thing. You know, he paid for his encounter. This guy, when he started going to church, man, you never seen a buff brother crying like that before. Man. He was crying, receiving. Our other friend, porn star, Eoni and I met with her, went to a restaurant. We were so happy to hear that she had gotten baptized. And she just wanted fellowship. She wanted somebody that would not judge her. Does that make sense? My other friend, man, I can go one by one by one. You know why? 
because they were no longer my oxygen tank. <sighs> I didn't need them to breathe. I had my own oxygen tank. It really sets you free. You know, you don't have to be cool. You really don't. You don't. You have to be cool with God. That's it. Outside of that, you could be whoever, whatever. I'm telling you, for real. Just as you are, it's beautiful. It's amazing. We don't need you to, to be that. You know, I, there's this trend where, like, pastors are looking a certain way. And I think all pastors start looking that way and preaching that way. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> I'm like, how tight can the jeans get, man? Like, I can't get them any tighter than this. You know what I mean? And it's just like, I'm not playing. And it's almost like this trend thing. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. If God created me for him, shouldn't he have made me different if he wanted me different? Like, if God created you, you, and if he wanted you different, shouldn't he have made you different? He made you, and he wanted you. If he wanted somebody else, he'd have created somebody. But he made you. He wants you. So here's what I want you to do. Simple. Very simple. Go back to the original. Go back to saying, what pleases you, God? Quit acting like an eight-year-old. Is this right? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this wrong? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? Can I watch Pokemon? I don't know, can you? Is this right? Is this wrong? Is this right? You have such low standards. Such low standards. Right and wrong is such a low standard. I can't go up to, how annoying would it be to my wife say, is this right? Can I do this? Is it right? Well, can I look at the girl? I'm not looking at her. I'm looking at her hair. But a long time. Weird. Right? Is this right? Is this wrong? What if you say, does this glorify God? Does this glorify my king? Is this that I'm hearing? Is this glorifying the Lord? Is this relations, this conversation? Not is it right, is it wrong? Am I, am I glorifying God with this conversation? Man, you'll hang up really quick some things. Some of you are, will stop going to some places and start going to some other places. Because you're about glory, you're glorifying God. Glorifying God is a whole nother level. You know, that you can only do if that person deserves glory. Some of you have not glorified God in your life, not because you're evil but because you didn't recognize the level of importance of the one who lives in you. His name is Jesus and he loves you. Stand up for me for a second. I want to read to you this. I hope I don't butcher it. And Billy Sunday from heaven will be like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> Just do you. <laughs> but we're going to try to be Billy. No, no, really. He, it's amazing. He said he was speaking to his congregation. And, uh, and he wrote these words. Close your eyes and let's pray. Let God speak to you. God, I thank you so much for all you've done. I thank you for my life. Why don't you begin to thank God for your life? When was the last time you just thanked God for you? I know, I know we, we say to be grateful for things. You maybe pray for the food, pray for people, pray for your church. How about you start thanking God for your life? I know, it sounds weird. You're not used to doing that. But what if you start glorifying God and say, God, thank you for making me as I am. Thank you, God, because you made me for you. Thank you, God, because I've been custom, custom made. I have been custom made to please the maker. I have been custom made to please the designer. I thank you, God, because you gave me everything I need to give you glory, God. I thank you because you've given me everything I need to give you glory, God. That my family, my, my job, my relationship, my ministry, God, the way I am would glorify your name. God, forgive me if I've lowered my standards. God, I want to thank you because you are the Lord of all, creator of all. You don't need me. I need you, God. Yet, 
You still love me. You still want me, God. I thank you, God, for creating. For creating me as I am. Why don't you begin just, I think God, God wants to take a minute, one more minute. And just for you to begin to thank God for your life. I know you think you're above this. Some of you leaders. But you're not, I promise you. Let God minister to you right now. Let the Holy Spirit rub your heart. Let Him hug you right now. Let Him let you know that you are amazing. You're incredible. And you're cutting it. You're doing fine. Sometimes, sometimes you look at your life only in the light of sin. But you're here tonight, aren't you? You're in God's house tonight. You made it to the presence. You made it to the living room of the house of God. You're in front of him right here, right now. He's loving you. He's saying, you are home. You are home. You are home. There's no reason for you to be a prodigal anymore. There's no reason. You're not made for the world. You're not made for that person. You're not made for those things. You're made to glorify my name. You want joy? You want freedom? Bring me glory, he says. I'll give you joy. I know what makes you tick. I know what will make you shine. I know what will make you the happiest. Bring me glory, he says. Bring me glory. I'll bring you the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, he says. They'll be added to you right now. Tell them, God, thank you for my life. Thank you for this second chance. Thank you for this opportunity. Come on. Some of you that have been struggling, you need to thank God right now, even for the struggling times. And say, God, thank you because through this I'll be able to see your strength. In my weakness, you will glorify yourself, God. In my weakness, you will perfect. Oh, man, your strength will be shown perfect in my weakest times, God. I thank you, God. I thank you for the will that you've given to me, God, that is so free. Thank you for free will, God. Thank you because you've given me choices. Because you're not a demon. You don't force me. Thank you for free will. Ah, God, thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. I ask you that tonight you would change me, God. Let me see you with the right eyes, through the right perspective. Some of you here have lost your king. It's time to come back and have a king again. Come into the kingdom of God. To step into the kingdom of God, it means that you now have a king. I don't care what state you're from, what nationality, what language or color your skin is. You have a king. That king of kings is Jesus. And he's my king and he's your king. Accept him right now. Say, Lord, I want you as my king again. Forgive me if I dethroned you. Forgive me if I cut through you out of the throne of my life. I ask you right now, God, help me. Help me to honor you, God. I want to honor you all my life, all my days. I want to give you honor. I want to give you honor. Now listen for just a second. Right there where you are. Listen for a second. Christ is more than enough. He is enough. Christ for sickness. Christ for health. Christ for poverty. Christ for wealth. Christ for joy. Christ for sorrow. Christ today and Christ tomorrow. Christ my life and Christ my light. Christ for morning, noon and night. Christ, when all around gives way, Christ, my everlasting stay. Christ, my rest, and Christ, my food. Christ, above, my highest good. Christ, my well-beloved friend. Christ, my pleasure without end. Christ, my Savior. Christ, my Lord. Christ, my portion. Christ, my God. Christ, my shepherd. I, his sheep. Christ himself, my soul to keep. Christ, my leader. Christ, my peace. Christ, has bought my soul's release. Christ, my righteousness divine. Christ for me. Christ, for he is mine. Christ, my wisdom. Christ, my meat. Christ restores my wandering feet. Christ, my advocate and my priest. Christ, who near forgets the least. Christ, 
my teacher, Christ my guide, Christ my rock, in Christ I hide. Christ, the everlasting bread, Christ, his precious blood has shed. Christ has brought me nigh to God, Christ, the everlasting word, Christ my master, Christ my head, Christ who for my sins has bled, Christ my glory, Christ my crown, Christ the plant of great renown, Christ my comforter on high, Christ my hope draws ever nigh. Jesus, Jesus, you're enough, you're enough, you're enough. You're enough, God. We want to treat you that way, Lord. You're enough. I feel like God is putting in my heart a, word, a, a verse for you, just for you. Whoever you are, and grab it and take it. My people have committed two sins, he said. One is that they've grown independent. They dug for themselves their own cisterns, their own wells. That's the first sin, independence from God. To think that you have the source, when in reality, you're on life support, and He's the one who upholds it. He is the one who gives us life. Lord, we want to stay close to you. Sin number two. These are cisterns that hold no water. They are broken. And you are leaking quick. And God says, I am the well of life. The only true well. Stop digging. Stop digging. It won't hold. It will not hold. You'll be emptier and emptier. And the more water you think it's there, I'm telling you, you're just going deeper and sinking deeper. You have to go further to get water next time. And you'll go further down the hole you'll realize it's a trap. For some of you have been going further and further. Today is a great day to say, Lord, I'm back. Would you be my everlasting source? Would you be my every source, God? I want you to be enough in my life. Forgive me, God, if I have looked for other things that do not satisfy. I'm back. I love you, Lord. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've done. I thank you because your word is so simple, so, so beautiful. Jesus, thank you because you were from the beginning. You're the Alpha, the Omega. God, I thank you because today your attributes, your beautiful attributes, God, give us greater standards in our lives. I ask you for one last thing today, God. And that is that as people leave this place, they realize they have been created by the master. They are masterpieces, God. They have been created by the Almighty God. Flaws and defects created to glorify Him. May through our weaknesses, you would be glorified. There's a woman here that's been struggling so much. You keep falling back into the same ritualistic, masochist behaviors. You know they hurt you and you go back and back and back. And God says right now, Right now, that ends, stops now in the name of Jesus. I am your source. Stop. Stop trying to satisfy in so many broken ways. It won't work, he says. Today, I am your source. Come back. Come back home, he says. Come back. Find freedom in Jesus. 
Dear God, I thank you so much for your love and for your grace. I ask you that you continue to glorify your name. May we be able to win souls and make disciples, God. May this church truly be about the Great Commission. May we never be about the lights, the song, or even the hype. There's nothing, nothing there for us. We want you and your heart. We know, Lord, that your heart aches for those that don't know you. We don't want to make this about us. We understand that you created us for us. We created, you created us for you. You created us for you. You created us for you. May we never think our lives is about ourselves. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for calling us into your purpose. Thank you, God, because, oh man, we can love you, but we could also work with you. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen, amen. Give God a shout of praise. We love you guys very much.